once you make the NFL. Uh, so really at this point, it's, it's going to be at least 75% mental prior to hitting the ball. You just got to make sure you're really locked in to be able to nail it every time. I'll have a pre-kick routine that I keep the same no matter if it's a 20-yard PAT or, you know, the 53. Going through my cues and uh, going, in out, going out there trying to execute. Welcome into the Minnesota Vikings podcast episode triple one or 111, whatever floats your boat. I'm Tatum Everett steering this ship alongside Gabe Henderson, Chris Corso, and our producer, Jay Nelson. We've got a big show today. We put Sunday to bed and look towards week two against the Cardinals with two very special guests that you may not know very well yet, but you will get to know after this interview. And you probably heard of them after you saw them play this weekend. Kicker Greg Joseph and punter Jordan Berry join the show. Plus, we'll share what we're excited about and what we're nervous about heading into the big Cardinals game on Sunday. So, you know, things didn't go as planned, guys. Uh, This past weekend, the Vikings fell to the Bengals 27-24 in overtime. But despite many of the mistakes, we were still in it and had a solid chance to win in the end. And I know this is the same storyline we've heard all week long. So for one last time, we're going to kick things off with a vent sesh. You guys good with that? I like it. Let's do it. I know. We all need a vent sometimes, right? Therapy's good. <laughs> how long we got? Talking about your feelings are good. How long is this show today? Because I can go for about 30 minutes. I'm sure you can, but... It's it's Thursday, so we're looking ahead. We're going to get our frustrations out. You know, like those smash rooms, these things where they have like TV, old TVs and, and you just, yeah, I know and you just like, I want, you, I want those feelings to come out. I want you to swing a bat and hit an old TV or something, you know? <laughs> so I'm going to give you a minute each. Um, we'll go around the, we'll go around the table and um, you're allowed to say whatever you want in the allotted time, but don't go over. Because don't go over, that's, Gabe. That's we'll the rules. Start the timer there. And I looked right at Gabe. That wasn't on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, actually, Gabe, do you want to go first? Let's do it. All right, um, you're on the clock. In three, two, one. Yeah, I think first things first. The big thing that still eats at me today is that last drive that the Bengals had. They scored a, a touchdown. Of course, the 50-yard bomb to, to uh, Jamar Chase. And it took them 35 seconds off the clock to score a touchdown in a two-minute drive. And I know this is something that we practice a lot. And I know this is something that we are practicing this week. But scoring that quick right before the half, I feel like that killed our momentum. And, of course, the the penalties, the false starts, the holding calls, that killed everything that we did this past weekend also. But when, you know, it's right before the half. And, hey, look, no, no matter what happened, yeah, we got six penalties in the first 12 minutes or first 20 minutes of the game. Let's not forget about the fact that, hey, we can still end the half seven to seven. I know we made a comeback in the second half, but I feel like if we didn't give up that touchdown, that would have it would have been a different ball game coming out of the break. And of course, we saw uh, what's his name? Bashar Breeland basically said, no, that's not my no. <laughs> that's Bash- what the iPhone says. Well, Bashar Breeland took it upon himself to say if he didn't give up that touchdown, it would have, it would have been a different game. So that's my vent sesh. We'll talk a little more off camera. At peace. No, I mean you're you're right. It was such it, there were so many momentum killing moments, and I think when you are you know you're starting out the season, it's your first time. Everyone's playing together. That momentum is so valuable. Yeah. Down the line, yeah. um, I, I you, you have to play in unity, and and it was a little disjointed at times. Um, Jay. Yes. Would you like to go next and get something off your chest? Sure. Why not? All right. You ready? I'll count you down. 
Three. Oh, you know what? I pressed the button. I almost gave you 59 <laughs> seconds. All right. Three, two, one. All right. Uh, beginning of the game, you have three penalties in the first uh, five plays, I believe. And it was one of those moments where you're like, man, guys, we got to get this together. This is going to be a rough, rough day. And that entire first half, it felt like they were just kind of stuck in mud. And it was the one step forward, two steps back because of all the penalties. When you have 116 yards in penalties for an entire, at least accepted penalties for an entire game, that was the thing that was the absolute killer for me in that you basically played an entire football field's length worth of plays that didn't count. So it was, for me, the biggest issue that I had was the mental mistakes that the guys had on the field. And then after that, it was to get so close, have a couple of calls go against you that were really just absolute devastating killers, especially in overtime. The The fumble call was terrible in that it just absolutely killed our momentum when you felt like we were finally going to punch this and thing it was in wrong. And, and end it. So, yeah. Oh, look mm. at Jay, right the time, time master. Mm. I mean, not not that I want to go ahead and talk more about this because I think that's my Vansesh, but I... Are you on the clock right now? I'm not on the clock. Okay. So I'm just... <laughs> no, this is my game. I can talk off the clock. No, I'm kidding. Make their own rules. <laughs> I make my own rules. Uh, no, I... um. That that to me was hard to watch. Again, that was a momentum killer that wasn't in our hands. And that to me was just so gut wrenching. I mean, we mm. were in the studio as Robert Smith and I actually this week, he tweeted at me because Peyton Manning, when he was watching the ESPN game, was like chewing the football being so nervous watching the end of that Monday yeah. night football game. And Robert was like, this was us yeah. at, at the game. But I was like, no, Robert, that would have been me throwing the ball and hitting a camera or something <laughs> because I was so frustrated with how that whole fumble call went. Yep. So um, it sounds like you need a smash. Session. I know. Dang it. You know, I shoot. I thought about that plenty of times. No. And I already just went on a vent sesh. I'm going to I'm going to time out because it's Corso's turn. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. I'll count you down. Three. Two, one. I like venting about things that the Vikings can't control. Mm. So are we going to vent about the refs here? Is that what we're going to do? That's <laughs> Is what this I'm a safe do. space? That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I was, you know, you start at the game very slow. And when you miss all these opportunities throughout the game and we find a way to get momentum, have a chance, kick the game-tying field goal with the guest on this very show, Greg Joseph, and we're going down the field, we're driving, we have a pretty much set-up field goal, and what happens? Dalvin Cook. Fumbles. Fumbles, but quote unquote, we see what happens. Yeah, I did a quote unquote there for everyone who can't see me right now. But yeah, I couldn't believe what happened on that call after it was over. After it was looked at, and it's st- and it's st- how does that stand? How does that stand, Gabe? We talked about it earlier this week. I saw his butt on the ground. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I really was upset with the Justin Jefferson call as well. Like, that was a touchdown. Yeah. I have him on my fantasy team. I lost about seven points there. Well, that's we'll why add, you're really salty. We'll add, that to the, we'll add that to the vent sesh. But two calls, I'm upset. Oh, there you go. That's a good ending to a vent sesh. I'm upset. All right. Well, as a segue to that, I'm also going to just start mine. So, okay. Three, two, one. Uh, mine is piggybacking along yours, Corso. How are we supposed to make a decision when you have two angles of said play? Yep. We're in an age of cameras, baby. Like, we've got cameras everywhere. We've got them watching us at the gas stations. we got them watching us at the shopping mall. Mm. Like, can we get more angles? 
Like, let's get a better angle of that fumble, <clears throat> which wasn't a fumble. Like, that's my that was my frustration, because I think if you had a different angle and it was so clear because it would have been with a different camera angle, then that's that's the difference. I mean, it just I feel like because it wasn't the game of the week or it wasn't Thursday night, Monday night that we didn't get the same cameras. And I'm sorry, I think we deserve them. So my problem is with the camera angles and not seeing enough evidence to not have the call go the way it should have gone. Two seconds left on the clock. Look Boom. at you. That's, I don't know. <laughs> so the refs are excused. No, they're not. But I mean, you know we, what? We were I think like the fourth th- box game. And yeah, t- but I think, but I, in, all, in all honesty, too. there's just not as many. It's not. As, it's it's a fact. It's not as well staffed. It's not a big yep. as big of a production. It's not at that level as some of those other plays. I mean, I don't know how you guys felt watching it. I felt like I saw the same two or three angles, and I'm like, can you just turn it a smidge, and you'll see it. So I don't know. I was yeah, pretty frustrated. I was about in that. the booth with PA and and Bursage, and we were watching it on the video board, like everyone else in the stadium was. And the first thing PA said, that's not a fumble. When Dalvin Cook fumbled, that's not a fumble. And, of course, Bursage is, you know, the the logical guy out of the three of us. And he says, <laughs> well, we should – the play should never get that far. Like, we, we had so many opportunities to capitalize before that. And, you I know, mean, yeah, immediately you I'm thinking, that. like, Bursage, this is not what I want to hear right now. Like, l- let us just have a moment. But still, that was a terrible call. I think the NFL will probably review it, probably send some more cameras out from here on out um, for, for the D game. You would hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And hopefully, you know, if we keep winning, we'll never have a That's fourth fair. Fox game of the week mm-hmm. um, like we did last week against the Bengals. For sure. No, totally agreed. But um, I do know one thing we do not have to vent about this week. And that is the special teams play. Mm-hmm. Shout out to those guys, Jordan Berry and Greg Joseph. After knowing some of the history with Minnesota Vikings special teams, I think everyone was has no fingernails after Jay, waiting Jay for a, Greg another Joseph vent to, session for this. Yeah, <laughs> when he when he lined up for that, I'm sure everyone was going, "Oh no, this is this is the moment." Uh, yes, uh, for me, <laughs> I was sitting at the stadium working on some stuff, and as I'm watching, I'm just sitting there going. Of course, it comes down to a kick. <laughs> it always comes down game. to a kick. But it, but it's the you know 53 yarder variety of which you, they pop it up on the screen. Cincinnati's trying to ice him. Their safety's walking down the field, trying to you know squirt in water and kind of and chirping in his yeah, ear a little bit. Yeah, they were chirping on. Was it Brian O'Neill got up on him? So yep. and then he buries the first one that doesn't count, and you're just like, oh man. So do yep. it again. You know, I, I audibly said, do it again. And when he banged it through, he even saw Zim on the sideline with the big. Oh, that was great. Boom. You know, he was pumped. Yeah, exactly. So like it was one of those relief moments where you're like, hey, man, we got this guy who drilled it Mm -hmm. twice in this big high pressure situation. If that's a harbinger for the future, that's awesome. And I think people breathe the sigh of relief at that moment. You have to. I mean, we saw glimmers of what he could and couldn't do, and long distance was something I think that we wanted to see more from his in his wheelhouse. I mean, he missed five 50-yarders during the preseason, so yeah. it makes you—everybody was on edge. It's like, oh, and just here think we go about, again. Think about the amount of confidence. You know, in, in the interview, he'll even talk about the mental side of it. That had to be huge for his mm-hmm. mental side of things. So um, let's get to that and get to know Greg Joseph and Jordan Barry a little better. Let's have a big, warm welcome for our podcast guest today. It's a dynamic duo, a pair of special guys. For the first time here on MVP, we've got kicker Greg Joseph and punter Jordan Barry. Guys, good morning. How's it going? It's going well. How's it going with you guys? Good. 
We can't complain. We're excited to turn the page, move on after, you know, this past Sunday. Greg, you're coming off a career performance, a 53-yard kick. And Jordan, we saw you a little bit too much, but you made it count with eight punts and an average of 50.3 yards along of 63. Overall, how did you guys feel in that situation? I'll punt it to Jordan first. Yeah, um, I was coming off a bit of a a short week with the guys. Uh, Obviously, only really getting into building on Monday and then, uh, yeah, being able to get through the week and, and come in and have a pretty solid performance. Um, yeah, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, obviously, yeah, got us into overtime as well. So it's you guys' first year here in Minnesota. I know the circumstances are crazy, Jordan. You just got here like two or three weeks ago. Greg, you've been here a little bit this offseason. But, Greg, I mean, for you, talk about just, just being here, finally getting accustomed to this Minnesota community, and then, I guess, ingraining yourself in the team. Yeah, it's um, everyone I've spoken to about this area absolutely loves it and has nothing but good things to say. You know, I've been around, I finally moved into my apartment. And I mean, what a beautiful time of year as well. You know, weather's perfect and people are so nice here. So, um, you know, excited to keep exploring and keep meeting new people. And clearly the chemistry between you guys showed in this last game. How is it building something like that so fast? Because Jordan, you just, like like Gabe said, you just got to town. Yeah, I think... Um, as you know, obviously, we're getting to know each other better and better with the more reps we get, but Jordan's a pro. So, you know, he's good at what he does. There's a reason, there's a reason he's been in the league for so long. So when you input a guy like that, you know, I just trust him and trust myself and move forward. So, of course, last week you guys had career days. Um, like, I got to ask, though, as a kicker and punter, you always hear about defensive guys or offensive guys saying, like, okay, we got to get on the same page. You know, it's going to take some time to do this and do that. Like, what what is that like for a kicker and punter who are kind of isolated? You're, you're not in the big team meetings. You're not in the position meetings. It's pretty much special teams. And then you guys are, like, forced to be best friends. Um. Yeah, so the bulk of sort of what we do, it's, it's going to be pretty similar no matter where you are. It's going to be more of the finer details. So, I, for instance, on, on the field goal, it's it's a lot of just working on the cadence, making sure the timing's right so, you know, he's comfortable with what I'm doing. And then um, I'm putting the ball down in, in the way that he likes it. Um, you know, if I go and put it down the position that, like, say, Chris had it in, in Pittsburgh, you know, Ray might not like it. He might be, you know, hitting the ball off to a certain direction. So I would to come in, find out what works best for him, and then, um, yeah, I was yeah. I had the three practice sessions, so it's just getting as many reps as we put in to um, really nail that down and yeah, get him 100 percent comfortable with with my technique. Greg, what are the moments like in the game where you, the clock is winding down, the game's on your shoulders to send it into extra? And I know you're a pro and you've done it before, and it's it's a mindset. But but what exactly are you thinking? And and are you talking to Jordan and Andrew at all about the moment and what's to happen um, when you line up for the 53 at least the first time? No, I'm uh, sticking to my routine. You know pretty well. I have a pre kick routine that I keep the same no matter if it's a 20 yard PAT or you know the 53. So. You know, I'm not thinking about the moment or anything. I'm just going through my routine, going through my cues and uh, going and out, going out there trying to execute. Is it a routine that you've had for a long time or is that something that you've just refined over the years in the league? Refined over the years in the league, for sure. You know, I've learned a lot from my journey from rookie year until now. So it's just taking it, bits of information from, you know, everywhere I've been, everyone I've learned from and putting it to put it, putting it together in a way that fits me the best way I think it fits. I guess this is a question for both of you guys. How much is kicking and punting more mental than it is physical? Like, what is what is the the ratio there? At this level, once once you make the NFL, um, pretty much everyone's going to have 
the, the physical ability. We've got a you know tunnel kick ball. Uh, so really, at this point, it's it's going to be at least seventy five percent mental. Um, you know, even the physical mistakes that you'll make a lot of the times will come back to something in your mental preparation or the process that you're doing prior to hitting the ball. Um, so yes, yeah, you know, just got to make sure you're really locked in to be able to, to nail it every time. I was just going to say, I 100% agree with him. I think that's what you know, mental game separates the great from the good kickers and then people that, you know, break into the NFL. So last year in Tampa, it was a wild ride, Greg. What was that like? It was awesome. Uh, you know, <laughs> on the ride, obviously, because of the out, but more so because I didn't just sit back and try to be complacent, you know, just be on the practice squad and stuff. I was working every day to try to get better at, you know, something. And I would pick the brains of, you know, Pinion and Suckup, who are awesome guys now and awesome friends, and they're good at what they do. So just being able to learn from, you know, a 13, 12, 13 year vet like suck up, um, mm-hmm. awesome experience and, you know, never took it for granted because she's just a wealth of knowledge. OK, but I have to ask, were you on the boat parade? I was. <laughs> so <laughs> Any wh- stories you feel comfortable sharing? <laughs> um, I was not on the boat with Tom, if that's what you're getting. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, the whole thing looked crazy. Not just that one. The whole thing looked like. I don't know, something that I've never seen before, like Mardi Gras on water. It was an absolute blast. You know, they they did it right. They made sure we we're all safe. And, you know, by the way, they outlined everything. But um, it was an awesome day. I'll never forget it. Um, and a lot, a lot of people were giving me stick for it for being out there, though, because at that time I'd already signed for the Vikings. So they were like, you're not even going to team anymore. <laughs> but I wasn't going to. It was a, Life's too short. But you got your ring, though, right? I did get my ring. All right, that's all that matters. And I guess for you, uh, Jordan, you came from the Steelers. Um, phenomenal career. Of course, you're from Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, from Australia originally. And then, uh, yeah, sort of saw American, yeah, saw American football when I was in high school. And, uh, yeah, thought it would be a, a worthwhile shot. So, yeah, ended up making my way to Kentucky University. And, yeah, spent some time there and had a good time in college down there in Kentucky. And then, um, yeah, got fortunate enough to get picked up by the Steelers back in 2015. And, had been there since then. So when did you know that, I mean, coming from Australia, when did you know, like, okay, the NFL could possibly be a goal one day? Yeah, so there was a couple um, older guys that had played professional Australian football, um, and they came over to America as, I think, they were like 34-year-old rookies in the NFL. Mm. So wow. I'd seen them do it at the time. That's when I was in high school, and sort of seeing them be successful, that sort of, you know, got my interest in American football, and, yeah, I always had a pretty big kick. Uh, so... Yeah, I thought, you know, if I, if I work at it and find one of those college spots that, you know, might be a chance and, yeah, just, just kept working all through college and you know, I was lucky enough to, yeah, break into it. So Gabe cool. and I are both from the South. And so I have to ask you, like, what was the culture shock like when you got to, you know, small town Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, it was um, like, I grew up in some pretty Australia. So like last one I lived in Melbourne, I think they've got nearly 5 million people living there. So then going from a big Australian city to, you know, Richmond, Kentucky, that's got 20,000 people. It was, uh, yeah, definitely a bit of a shock. Uh, yeah, just, just that whole Southern culture just in general. Like, it's not too different to Australia, but there's just small things just absolutely everywhere. Um, so yeah, it took a little getting used to. I've actually been to EKU's campus, and I had a very hard time finding food after a football game one time yeah. because there were wasn't much going on. Yeah, so you got your McDonald's and KFCs, and that's about it around there. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Man, I, I love that. I mean, both of them sounds good right about at this time that we're recording this morning. But, Greg, you're from South Africa, so I'm sure that was a culture shock for you, um, just trying to figure things out. So I guess the same question for you. What, what was the biggest culture shock 
um, being in the States? Yes. Um, so I was a lot younger when I moved to Florida though than Jordan. So I think the biggest thing I remember, you know, it's all just being a kid related and, you know, uh, or back in South Africa, you know, it's, you're not supposed to necessarily play outside unsupervised or, you know, go outside of, I guess your property, like the walls built around your house. Um, so then when you come here and, you know, you see kids running in the street and all that stuff, I'm like, wait, what are they doing? You know, like, <laughs> I think people take for granted here, but over there, um, you don't really do it as much. So that's the one thing I remember, but, you know, I was also seven years old when I moved, moved over. So, uh, you know, a lot of the culture shock I just rolled with because I was so young and malleable. They- well, guys, I know that um, you've already built the chemistry, it sounds like, and are getting to know each other pretty well. But I wanted to end this interview with a little bit of a game, a little icebreaker to help you guys get to know each other just a bit more or see how much you already know about each other. Um, it's called Two Truths and a Lie. It's pretty common. I'm going to say three facts about Greg, or three facts about Jordan, and you tell me which one is a lie. Is that good? Sounds good. All right. I'll start with Greg. You ready, Jordan? Yeah. Okay. So he is the all-time leader at his college in field goals made. His favorite soccer team is Manchester United, and his longest career field goal is 53 yards. Manchester United watched her. You were sitting there watching them the other morning. <laughs> I kind of figured he probably wasn't hiding that one. <laughs> I don't know. The other two. Stumped, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say he said along with one and 53 at some point. Bingo, 54. Mm. Good job, Greg. Looks like you made a nice pal in Jordan. <laughs> Let's see how much you know about him. No pressure on me. No pressure. So he didn't have a chance to try out for, the NFL, for an NFL team until 12 months after college. He has an engineering degree, and he has the fourth most total yards punted in Steelers history. I know you didn't. You said you had a year out. Yep. Fourth most sounds right because you put put in five. So I'm going to go with he, the engineering degree. Mm. Bingo. He has a teaching degree, right? So you wanted to be a teacher? Yeah, I had uh, some pretty good physical education teachers in high school. So, yeah, I wanted to sort of stick on that path and, and do what they did. But, uh, yeah, sort of re- realized around Kentucky they don't take physical education as seriously. They do. <laughs> but, might not have been the best choice. I mean, KFC is a staple down there, man. It's tough. It's tough, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for playing along and joining us here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We're so happy that you guys are here. We wish you the best of luck this season. Thank you so much Thanks. for having us. and. Uh, excited for the rest of the year week by week stay safe skull guys you too thanks guys have a good one loved hearing from greg joseph and jordan berry you know i feel like they're two like super cool calm guys go with the flow like i kind of want to sit down and like have a beer with them yeah yeah they, australia and south australia africa and south, were good <laughs> yeah they probably got beers we've never tried before which <laughs> oh, is for sure. right up my alley for me i like the fact that the calm guys are your high pressure guys, right? Yeah. Kind of the little bit that they talked about it, just saying, nope, I got my routine. I've refined it over the years. And they kind of have this hopefully Zen moment when the, the pressure is really on. And, you know, if there's any indication, given what just happened here in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. I think we're going to be, we're going to be in pretty good spot here for the rest of the season with both of them. You can tell they're professionals. Like they've been around the block. They've done this before. And I think that's like very key when you've got, you know, some hair on the tooth. Is that the saying hair? On the, no, never heard of that, but we what can you, make it. We can make it a thing. Long in the tooth. What is long in the tooth hair? I don't know why I thought hair. 
Um, can we get that out of the podcast? Want- <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can leave it. I don't care. Um, I uh, yeah, I think they're like long in the tooth. They kind of hair on the tooth. I'm just thinking about that image. Sorry. I think hair, it's hair I of mean, the dog. Hair of the dog. So I guess dog. I said beer. Thought yeah. of hair of the dog. Put that together with long in the tooth. Now I get what you're saying. Those guys. I mean, yeah. you got to think they're Thanks so for the safe game. They're so. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. They're, they're, I mean, they're so secluded throughout the week. They're with each other. Them and yep. Andrew DePaula throughout the week i mean they don't go to team meetings they don't go to um position meetings so whether they're you know playing ping pong in the locker room or just doing some type of bonding their their job is so high pressure like you said so to have that you know that camaraderie that chemistry that trust in each other i feel like that's all they need because they're with each other all day so the fact that you know they're they were able to perform in those high pressure situations you're like okay we're, we're in good hands at least for another week so Jay, like I said, you know better than we all do, but I think we can all say we left Sunday's game confident going into week two from the special teams unit. Yeah, and for me, it's going to come down to, say we get to the back end of the season and there is another kick you have to have if you see that thing go through the uprights as Mm. well in another high-pressure moment throughout the season, it'll only help gain confidence. Now, for all of those lifers here in Minnesota – get to a playoff game, and you get in one of those situations, you're still going to have a little bit of uh, you know stomach acid rolling up in yeah. your throat, just like, <laughs> oh gosh, here we go again. But I just think if you can find it as a consistent thing throughout the season, it'll help everybody feel a lot easier watching a game, knowing that we have guys we can rely on. And I think of everybody in the state that's going to feel that way, Coach Zimmer is the one that wants to feel it the most. <laughs> yeah. Just Jay, being I think, confident in it. I think what's bubbling up there is just your PTSD talking. <laughs> yeah, Jay. 100%. <laughs> I think 100%. One, one good thing that they both have is perspective, right? They come from another country. They're into the States. So, like, they have a different perspective of how things already go. So, like, now they have a different perspective of how you look at the kicker and punter. It's just like, hey, well, you know, it's a high-pressure situation, but for us, we're just doing our job. Like, this is what we love to do. This is the opportunity. This is the moments that we enjoy being in. Kicking a special – I mean, kicking an extra point is great, but what's a kicker without a long 53-yarder when time is expiring? Or what's a punter (laughs) when you're backed up and he boots a 64-yard punt? Like, that's that's the perspective that those guys have, and which was really cool to hear. I just want to give a shout out to one of my favorite people in the building, special teams coordinator Ryan mm. Ficken. He deserves this this role. He's been with the Vikings for 12, 13, four, how many years, yeah. Jay? He's been here like 13, 14 years, it feels like. And for him to finally get this special teams coordinator role yeah. and to deal with everything that he's dealt with this year from bringing in a kicker and a punter a week before the season, uh, I, I just... I'm rooting for him and uh, certainly love to see the special teams unit have a good game in week one. One reason why I'm rooting for Ryan Ficken is because I saw him at the state fair a couple of weeks ago and he gave me a sweet Martha's cookie. He had a big bucket of it. I told him I had never had one. He's that kind of guy. He let me try one. But speaking of Martha, did anybody see that uh, video that KFAN posted of the lady? Was her name Martha? I don't know. I'm going to just call her Martha. You should call her Sweet Martha after that video. (laughs) Man, she had me dying. I watched it after um, the game, after we got back on the flight. And I was like, dude, she is all of us in one video. Uh, how she's she was literally reacting. my mother watching LSU games. Oh, oh she's my dad. I, I watching. haven't seen the video, but she does make like two to three million dollars a year on doing those just on the week at the state fair. 
Wow. Right. Oh, That's, sweet Martha. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, you're talking yeah, about yeah. cookies. Oh, I'm still oh, talking about the cookies. Oh, what are we we're talking, talking about, about now? The... We're talking about the... <laughs> oh, I'm lost here. <laughs> so go to go to oh, wow, KFAN's she... Instagram channel. Go to their Instagram I'm handle. I'm still talking about sweet Martha from the state fair. You're like, fair. she makes two to three million. I'm like, well, she's a real TikTok star now, isn't she? <laughs> wow, you're talking about something totally different. Well, she, yeah, she was just a, an, a fan oh, who's God. very... I saw that. Yeah. Okay, yes, you saw it. that? Yeah. So Gabe was saying he thinks that her name is Martha. I'm jealous of sweet Martha. In case anyone else wasn't following. If you haven't watched it, it is the Jay, did you see it? fourth video on fifth video on KFAN's Instagram channel. Here's the thing. Watching that video was me going back and thinking about all of the years I'd be sitting at friends' houses watching yeah. games. There's one friend in particular. We would go to his house every single Sunday for games prior to me working for the team. It was just the routine. You'd show up at their place, bring some food, everybody hanging out. And the best part was sitting in the basement, watching the game with everybody, and then hearing from upstairs my friend's mom <laughs> screaming at the TV. No. And the best part was there was about a five-second delay from downstairs. Oh, no. So we knew what happened. <laughs> and, and you're then, like, here's the reaction. Exactly. And then you just kind of listen and – she would go bananas, and then you'd just start giggling to yourself watching the game. It's really so. sad he didn't have TikTok back then, Jay. <laughs> yeah, th- TikTok wasn't even a thought on anyone's <laughs> mind so in these moments. Having your TV delayed, does that make the the angst a little lighter? Uh, not necessarily, because <laughs> if something happens as you're watching it, and you're like, oh, here we go, and then five <laughs> seconds later you get to hear it again <laughs> from somebody else versus everybody in the moment yeah. at the same time together, it's just one of those things where, for me, when I watched that, I started laughing. I actually, I showed it to my wife and just said, "This reminds me of my friend's mom." That's in that so moment. funny. It was fantastic. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of Vikings fans felt that way for for a few parts of the Ugh. game. You know, I can't wait to see the one where she's happy, right? And yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe that will happen this week when. The Vikings head to Arizona. They're gearing up to hit the road once more before the home opener the next week. So we'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, they're playing a Cardinals team that, oh, I mean, just put on a show against the Titans, 38-13. This will be the first time that we play there since 2015. We're five-point underdogs in this matchup. I remember matchup. that game very well. Thursday night football. Yeah. Lost on the last drive. I think Matt Khalil got beat by Dwight Freeney on a uh, mm. spin move at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. And we had no safeties in that game. And Terrence Newman actually played his first game as a safety in his NFL career. He moved from cornerback to safety because we had no safeties that were even remotely active that week. Where was Harrison Smith? I think he was hurt and Sandejo was hurt. Anthony Harris played his first career start off the practice squad alongside Terrence Newman as the safety next to him. How how about this? um, (laughs) It was a 23-20 loss. Like you said, um, I was um, so I I got to sit down with Adam Thielen. The interview will air on Game Day Live this week, so make sure you tune in this morning or Sunday yep. morning at ten a.m. for Game Day Live and that interview. But um, he played nineteen percent of the snaps. It was his second year, so he was just starting, right? Starting to come on. He had one catch, <laughs> targeted one time. So just and the last time that that they played the Cardinals was in 2018. He was in 97% of the snaps. So wow. uh yeah, I, when I looked that up, I was like, "Oh, look at that transformation." But is it ironic that they lost the one in 2015 and then played them twice since with Adam Thielen taking 76% more of the snap, 76% or more 
of the snaps and they win. Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. like it's my X factor. Yeah, it was that game in particular. You had the ball. You were driving at the end of the game to try and either kick the, the game tying field mm-hmm. goal or go ahead with the win. And like you said, you know, got beat on the outside. And I believe it was a, a sack fumble Ugh. that ended the game. So it, I remember being at that game in Glendale. And it was one of those moments where, again, it was... Matt Cleo fell on his butt. But no, but <laughs> but, it, but essentially it was it was one of those one of those games where you just felt like you were stuck in the mud again. And all of a sudden we get the ball and you have the final drive option to go and either tie very it or take Very similar to last week. It was very, very, very just similar. Just like breaks your heart, yeah. rips it out. <laughs> yep. And to have it end that way, you just, you felt like you, you know, you left something on the field that, that was sitting there waiting for you and... And um, yeah, so the, the fact to go down there now, completely different cast of characters, completely different different uh, matchups on the field, but you're going into a hostile environment uh, on a team that absolutely tore it up last week, and that's something that uh, you're going to have to take into account here. Well, before we get into what you're nervous about, Jay, we're going to do what we did last week and, and break the game down in this way. I'm going to go around, get two things you're excited about and one thing you're nervous about. And you know what? Let's do it backwards. Let's start with you, Chris Corso. All right. I'm going to start out with what I'm nervous about. Okay. I'm nervous about the video game player that Andre <laughs> Patterson was talking about in his press conference this week, and that's Kyler Murray. The way he runs around the field, it's like it's like you have like a cheat code. It's like a cheat code. It's like you're Michael Vick in Madden 2005 or whatever game that was when you would just use him and Man. run around the field. You could run all the way back to the opposite end zone. And then just like and go still again. Score, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I saw in the highlights last week. Like yeah. It was really impressive. Uh, I know he like never lost a game until like one game at Oklahoma, like high school on. He just He's just a winner. And that's why he went first overall a few years ago. And you're really starting to see him develop in this league. So I think it all starts and ends with what we do containing Kyler Murray, which might be an issue if if Anthony Barr isn't there. Um, Two things I'm excited about. Let's see. I think I'm really excited about how this offensive line is going to just react to what happened last week. I want to see more in the pass protection game, and I think it's going to happen. I think that's going to be something we focused on all throughout practice this week. I think Brian O'Neill is going to get hyped up, and I really want to see – Kirk Cousins throw the ball down the field. That's number two. I want to see play calling shots, shots down the field. <laughs> we missed that last game. A lot of our big plays were like well, feeling you, breaking. Because we were in you know? second and 50. Yeah. Clint Kubiak didn't have enough pages in that playbook. He yes. was just like flipping, trying to figure out what do I do for my seventh, third and long of the game. Or I want to see a 70-yard Justin Jefferson Bomb. touchdown. That's I want to see a little gritty into the end zone, breaking. Mm. You know, It doesn't even have to break a tackle because he's already passed the DB. <laughs> That's what I want to see in this game. I'm excited for that. You got something, Jay? All right. Uh, for me, it's the motivated team with the focus on cleaning up the mistakes. You had 116 yards and penalties, 12 mm-hmm. accepted penalties. And all you've heard all week from Delvin Cook on down is everyone saying, you know, I have to do better in order to clean up my play and my mistakes. So for me, being a motivated team with the focus on cleaning up those mistakes, I think if you, you know, Take your your hand from out behind your back. That's that's just tied up. You, it's going to help you immensely. And we saw in the second half what this team can do when they're finally clicking on the same page. Uh, number two for me is Patrick Peterson returning to Glendale, Arizona, with something to prove. Yes, uh, he absolutely so true. This is for him going to be a monster game, and that I think given the way that it ended after the illustrious career that he did have down there at this point, he's walking in the door saying, "I'm not done yet." 
And so for me, seeing Patrick go back to Glendale and I want to see him make a huge play. Now, I know he doesn't talk yet. So we were recording this podcast before hearing him talk this week. And he's a professional. We'll yeah. hear him say, like, it's another game. Like, I do know there's a lot extra involved. And he's a professional. So I, he's played in multiple big games before. I don't doubt any of that. But I just think it's going to be I just don't want him to go out there and be so. Like, I have to make this. I have to do this. That it almost just yeah, overwhelms the moment, yeah. you know, because I I think as much as and maybe it's just because I, I don't play professional football, but, but I would just feel like I'd have to have more juice and I just wouldn't want to, like, overshoot myself. Well, the other thing for me on that, though, is what is actually making me nervous is the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on that field and Pete Bursich <laughs> had a great breakdown this week yeah, on I saw that. what he did when they broke a blitz, you know, with he and Kyler on the mm-hmm. same play, page on how to make that happen. Now, AJ Green and Christian Kirk are also on that field. Mm-hmm. So Patrick Peterson and Rondell Moore too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's the thing is like, <laughs> they're definitely going to get their shots. And we saw last week in Cincinnati, it didn't feel like they actually went at Patrick very much in this no, game. They, they kind of said, we're going to go after Breland. It, it, it felt like that way. But for me, DeAndre Hopkins is an X factor. It doesn't matter who he plays or who he's playing against. So for me, if we do end up sticking Patrick on DeAndre for a giant chunk of the game, like we used to do with Xavier Rhodes and we'd, we'd have him shadow the, the number one receiver, he's going to get plenty of, of opportunities because Kyler's not going to say, well, just because you're on DeAndre, you know, I'm not throwing to him. He's going to throw to him. So for me, one of my nervousness is just to see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins and how we, we game plan to kind of contain him in this game. Yeah, the yeah. amount of weapons is very scary, especially with this the Rondell Moore a- aspect. I know that he really came on in, the, in this last game, and and um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a tall task. Um, but you know, I feel like Coach Zimmer has had all week to scheme against this. We've seen what they can do. Now it's just time to dial it up and and put the boys to work. Hopefully, we do get Bar back. I mean, obviously, there's no word on that just yet. So yeah. he's always been the player that Coach Zimmer uses as the quarterback spy. Mm-hmm. When you have like a mobile yeah. quarterback, you're, normally it's Russell Wilson because we play the Seahawks every freaking year <laughs> yeah. here. Um, Anthony Barr is always the player that Coach Zimmer will use as that spy. Um, it'll be we'll see what player is the yeah. one that will have to step up in this game if Barr's not out on the field. And yeah. if it is if it is Nick Vigil, you know, he played very well last week. He did. He, he was the green dot guy. If it's a guy like Nick Vigil, then he again, he's going to have his work cut out for him because of how mobile Kyler is. Mm-hmm. But I, I also feel comfortable knowing that with all of the praise that came out this week, not only from internally, but externally on how Nick played in that game. I think, you know, if that is the role that he's he's uh, pegged to, to go do, then I, I think there's a lot of people that feel pretty good about That's that. That's a key role yeah. this week. Oh, yeah. That is I mean, a role that like. You normally you use your linebackers on the tight ends or you know the guys in the slot, whatever. One linebacker has to be dedicated towards where Kyler Murray is going. I think that's what Coach Zimmer might be dialing up this week. He knows way more about X's and O's <laughs> than I do, but yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I don't know about you, Gabe. Well, if you look at you know the stats from last year, Kyler Murray struggled the last seven games of the season. The first you know ten nine or ten weeks, he was you know killing it. They were averaging thirty or thirty plus points a game. But once teams start spying, that's mm-hmm. when Kyler Murray started to get flustered because he was getting interior pressure, and then you had two linebackers or two safeties literally just standing in the middle. Okay, you're going to run out the pocket? Okay, we got somebody for your left side and somebody for your right side. So things started to uh, go downhill for him. And, of course, we know Kyler Murray, when he sacked three or more times in a game, the Arizona Cardinals were 1-10. So I think that's the X and factor. And how many this- sacks did we get this past week? 
We got five. Boom. Oh, you were holding that stat. You were, you <laughs> were ready. When, when, when was that one coming out? So, I mean, you know, I told Tatum. I talked to Tatum <laughs> earlier this week, and, like, you know, I stay up to, like, 4 a.m. Just, like. On the regular it, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah last like, week you looked up fun facts about Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, you want to hear my Arizona? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's hear it. <laughs> no, um, but I want to talk about, my, I think the guy that I'm most nervous about, I know, of course, you said Kyle Murray is. Kyler Murray talked about this other guy on the team, and the quote that he said is, this guy is really unorthodox, and when he takes his shirt off, he doesn't look too I good, but he makes plays on Sunday. <laughs> Chandler Jones, five sacks last week, and he, three in the he first quarter. He chirped back on Twitter. He was like, Somebody tell Baby, Baby Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> he said, tell Baby Yoda to tell the truth about your new hairdo. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> so, I love that. I like that chemistry. But yes, that's a scary, scary Man. <laughs> and between him and J.J. Watt, those guys have 203 sacks combined together. So somebody's going to be going against Brian O'Neill every play, and then the other person is going to be going against, I think, Rashad Hill will be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we want more out of him, but when Christian Derisaw gets healthy, that's Christian Derisaw's spot to lose. So you gotta you got to think Rashad Hill is going to have his work cut out for him this week, but, I mean, that's, that's the challenge that you deal with every week. I mean, Chan- you no, know, Chandler Jones, yeah. watching highlights of him taking down uh, or, or tearing apart a Titans offensive line that I've watched for the past three seasons that has allowed Derrick Henry to be the back-to-back rushing champion. I know sore subject here, but that offensive line looked like little kids out there. Yeah. Taylor Lewan looked like he had never played football in his life. That apology. Chandler, oh yeah, <laughs> right. Chandler Jones had three of the fastest eight sacks like the three of the fastest eight sacks in week one clearly the he fastest, did his homework the fastest 2.24 seconds mm. we all know how much kirk needs some time needs to stand in there and that that's a very very legitimate worry jay and I, and sorry I, think, I know you've been having your hand up and I, go ahead all i was gonna <laughs> say is, is there's two factors there for me too and so one of those is you can mitigate that periodically by keeping a tight end in there to help combo block. Like sure. how many times has Daniil Hunter been doubled up like that in, mm-hmm. in those situations in mm-hmm. order to account for him? So I, as I said last, last week on one of the shows, it was kind of like, yeah, well he put everybody on notice by having five sacks week one. So guess what? Offensive coordinators are going, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to try yeah. to neutralize this guy as much as possible with as much help as we can. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, Tennessee was playing from behind almost the entire game. So Derek Henry only had 17 carries for 58 yards, right? Dang that's, it, you took my nervous. But mm. but that's the thing. That's that's not a a normal stat line for him. And no. I, for me, it's it's the bit of they were playing from behind almost they were down the entire game. 10-0 with like 13 minutes left in the first. So if you know on this team, especially, if we don't have the ability and we're constantly playing from behind and we don't have the ability to get Delvin moving, try to control the clock, those kind of things, that is a recipe for disaster. So as long as as we try to not let Chandler Jones ruin what we're trying to do for those shots downfield like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier. I think that um, as long as you give him enough time, we'll be able to, to have some some chances against well, this Well, Jay stole my nervous thing. I was nervous about that. I haven't even said the two things I'm happy about. Well, let me, okay. <laughs> we, just, we just went on. But I don't even we know are. what happened. Look, I, I, will, I will just hijack your time just for a second and just say, Jay, yes, that's I am nervous watching Derrick Henry only average 3.4 yards per carry and we haven't seen what Dalvin is like last game wasn't a Dalvin game because of how behind we were all the time and how we had to fight back and so I am very I'm 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 excited my excited is to see Dalvin I have a feeling it won't be the same I you know I I think things will be 
zipped up, locked up, like more disciplined. Um, and I want to see the run game really get established so that we can see the shots down the yeah, field. I so think we, this, it can feel more comfortable. The scheme changes this week. We're outside zone run team, but the interior is their weak point for the for the Arizona Cardinals with Rashard mm-hmm. Lawrence and Zach Allen. Like those guys aren't the the core of their defense. They're exterior guys. So I think a lot of inside zone, a lot of dives, a lot of traps, a lot of, you know, downhill runs will be what we do this week. And it's going to have to neutralize a guy in uh, Chandler Jones because yeah. instead of rushing a field, he's going down the line just to try to make a play. So when you get him, you know, guessing or second guessing a play, now you can do a play action fake, throw it over the top. You don't yeah. have to worry about him being in your face. And it, it takes pressure off of everybody. Yes. Neutralize Chandler Jones. Mission number one. Yeah, but two things I'm excited <laughs> about. Um, one is I'm excited about Justin Jefferson. I, th- I think this will be a, a big-time game for him. He has Robert Alford, who is the the Patrick Peterson replacement. He's a guy that spent six years in Atlanta, uh, has been hurt twice. So he's still trying to find his footing. When you look on the, when you look on the tape and watch the film, he is the – the guy that you want to attack. Like we say, um, Kyler Murray is probably going to attack uh, Bashad Breeland until he proves himself. I think that's what Clint Kubiak is going to do. Like he attacked Eli Apple last week. Until yes, he, he stops did. us, we're going to go <laughs> at him every single play. So I'm excited. I think Justin Jefferson will will have a big game because – I think you said he made Eli Apple barbecue chicken. Yeah, bab- is, was that what you said last barbecue week? Barbecue chicken or apple butter, whichever one there you, you want to say. <laughs> I know it's the fall season. so <laughs> I, li- I like that you just fall themed it. <laughs> I mean, it's getting that time of the year. What about apple crisp? Yeah. I, I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, apple crisp, applesauce, uh, whatever you want, apple juice. I'm, I can go for days. But, I mean, Luke, Luke Barku is – Robert Alford's backup. Luke Barku played for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, and J.J. had nine catches, 122 yards. So I think our downfield threat, like Carl Corso said, taking some shots, they will be there if we block up front. And then second, I think you you got to say our. I'm, I'm excited about our interior line. I talked about it earlier, but there's going to be plays for us to get to the second level. There's going to be plays for Dalvin Cook. I mean, if we get him the ball immediately and just let him run downhill, I think – that will open up the floodgates mm-hmm. um, for whatever else we want to do on the play sheet. No, I'm I, that's and that's that's what I want to see. That was what I was excited about was seeing Dalvin Cook just kind of have have a game. Um, I, I want to see. I'm excited to see the identity of this team form. I don't feel like we saw that this past week. I think when you're put in those tough situations and, and granted. A lot of them were self-inflicted, but when you're in those situations, you don't get to see the identity form. So I really want to see Clint Kubiak call a game where, you know, we see the scripted plays happen and then we can establish and make the proper adjustments afterwards. I want to see him just get the confidence as a play caller and not feel so, and not that I'm I'm speaking for how he felt, but but not feel like you're kind of really looking like, how am I going to get myself out of a mm-hmm. third and 24 or a third and 20? Those kinds of situations. Um, you sound so, like Ben Lieber right now. Oh, do he, I really? He always says well, I'll he take wants... that compliment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, Ben just always says he wants to see what Clint Kubiak, what his place, like what's different this yeah, year from last year. Exactly, because he's trying to separate himself from right, his dad. From his dad. And yeah. we didn't, of course, we weren't going to see much during the preseason. And then no. last week didn't help us. So, nope. like, is this the week where we actually it's... see Clint Kubiak's play calling? Like, is it, oh, yeah, this is what we were, so. we were waiting on. So, so I guess those are my two, Dalvin and Clint, I guess, are my two excited. And I already spoke about my nervous being. Um, it's easy to speak about what you're nervous about. Well, I mean, I, th- I feel like we could have like five top five things you're nervous about. I mean, when, you, when another team scores 38 points, yes. there's a lot to be nervous about. A lot to be nervous about. Um, but again, I, I just I'm, I'm nervous about that. 
that yards per carry that Derrick Henry, I've watched that man in action and it's just a whole other thing. And I feel like Dalvin's on that same level and I, I need to see. I want Look, let's be I just got to Minnesota. I want to see Dalvin Cook go off. Like, I want to see that in person. The Green Bay Packers game last year at Lambeau special. Field. He pretty much, what did he just take over that yeah. entire game? Four touchdowns. Let's, yeah. let's see that. Took a screen to That's the crib. That's what I want to see. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think it's about time we wrap things up. But before we go, some shameless plugs. We are so busy here at Vikings Entertainment Network trying to create all the content for you guys. And let's get it going with Gabe. Yep. What's your shameless plug today? Well, the Audible releases tonight at 6.30 p.m. on KFAN and tomorrow night on Fox 9 uh, at 10.30 or 10 o'clock, I believe, p.m. So if you're at a bar tomorrow night, you you might see Michael Pierce's face with the Clayton Kershaw jersey talking about uh, some of his interest in life. He talked about his sack. We, We talked for about an hour. I mean, it was he's a great conversation. the Minnesota Vikings sack leader. Minnesota, yeah. And he's got two <laughs> sacks. And the most sacks he's had in a career was three and a half. And he, he knows his numbers. He knew everything. Like he, oh, wow. You can tell he keeps, awesome. he keeps tracks. He keeps track of everything that's going on. He's a very aware guy. And um, we talked about his dog, Princeton, also. Yep. I love Princeton, Princeton, the poodle, just got certified as a service dog. So he talked about that and why it was so important to have him as a service dog. So a lot... A lot of good content on Audible this week. Myself, Michael Pierce, Ben Lieber joins also. So some good stuff. Nice. All right. Corso, what you got for us? A shameless plug, please. Vikings Vantage this Mm. week. We have a pretty uh, cool guest. It's Larry Fitzgerald Sr. He's been writing here in the Twin Cities for a very long time as a columnist. He obviously has a connection. His son is uh, going to be a future Hall of Famer. Larry Fitzgerald Jr. played for the Arizona Cardinals for many, many years, so he knows this team very well. He knows our market very well, and I think he's going to be a great guest on the show this week, so stay tuned for that. That'll be Friday night on KFAN. Larry Fitzgerald Sr. joins the show at 6.30 p.m. It'll be a really good one, so stay tuned for that. All right. My shameless plug is we've got two things going on. Thursday, opposing viewpoints drop and Vikings team reporter Eric Smith joins me and the Cardinals team reporter Darren Urban to get an inside view on what the Cardinals team is about. What will it take to beat this Cardinals team? It's going to be posted online or on your app. And then also, don't forget, we do have another edition of Post Game Live on Sunday with Robert Smith. He will help me break down the game. Usually at this one, it was I think it'll be right after kickoff. So tune in to the YouTube. It's live on YouTube streamed or the app or Twitter. So yeah, it should be it should be a good time. It good was stuff. great. It was great last time hearing. Robert's perspective. And like I said, we were yelling at the TV together and we don't, I mean, I I met him. This is the second time I've met him and we're just already just bonded by just, you know, when you watch a game with someone for the first time, you just like, you're just like invested and, and and that game like ripped our hearts out. And so, yeah, he was awesome. So given what you said earlier, keep all the footballs and everything out of the studio at this point. Out of the studio. (laughs) Don't, nope. Well, there's a few helmets in there too. Yeah, some yeah. There's a lot of screens. You know, the, although I I realized the other day though when I was in the indoor practice facility, it's a great room to go and just like scream super loud. I don't know that from experience. I know it sounds like I do, but there was a guy that walked in and he yelled, and we looked at him because we were set up on a shoot, and I was like, wow, I wonder if he comes in here and just yeah, yells out of frustration. Not a bad not a bad idea. So you're like cutting into his yell time. I guess so. You're like screaming and sorry, like why is she in here? He needs a vent sesh. Bring him on the show. (laughs) Bring him here. 
All right, guys. Well, don't forget, though, this weekend also is the TCO 5K on Saturday. You can find that information on the website. I know there's still spots. So be, you know, get get a little run in before you watch some college football. Um, I will not be there. I don't run. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I'm not going to 5K it. it. Makes two of us. <laughs> And guys, I know we're not supposed to look forward to the next week. It's a week-by-week league. We take it one day at a time. But I just can't help myself because the home opener is 10 days away. We welcome the Seahawks into town. There are so many fun and exciting things planned. And next week's podcast guest is already on the books. It's the director of entertainment, Greg Bostrom. And he is ready to go to get you guys ready for the big game. There are a lot of exciting new additions. We've got some pretty incredible stuff that they've yes. been working on. I know that there are some things that were going on this week that even uh, made the late night news when they saw the lights and everything flashing, saying, I don't know what's going on at U.S. Bank Stadium tonight, but it's uh, gonna be epic. there's some crazy stuff going on. So fans, just understand we've been working for essentially two seasons now to get ready for this yep. moment. So there's a lot of new things that are going to be coming. So you should be very excited for what we've got planned this season. Definitely. And and also, if you show up to the game, make sure you come early. At 10 a.m., there's going to be a big party out in the front of U.S. Bank Stadium featuring country music star Dustin Lynch. Mm. Live Man. at the Commons. Um, I, I'm personally excited. Oh, because A, one, it's free. Yeah. You don't have to pay for a free concert. That's pretty good. That's my kind that of concert. makes the music better. That's right. Um, it's presented by Miller Lite in partnership with K102. So thanks to those guys. You can find out more information at vikings.com slash kickoff concert. And, you know, my my parents are coming to their, to that game. It'll be their first ever Minnesota Vikings game. First time ever in Minnesota. Nice. And I get a text from my mom the other day and she's like, Dustin Lynch is performing before the oh, game? Oh, she knows Dustin Lynch? Oh, your, oh, I got to talk to your girl Tanya mom. loves her some country music. So, you know, she's going to be up here and she's going to watch that. And and so, I, you know, if, if you don't know Dustin Lynch, if you're not a country music fan, definitely worth a catch. Yeah. I've, I've seen him perform. He's very talented. If you haven't listened to Not Every Cowboy, <laughs> then you're you're missing out. Or listen to Cowboys and Angels or Riding High or Mama's House. Oh, wow. I think um, we have a Dustin Lynch fan in the building, All four folks. of those songs are... I, I, listen, I listen to country music. You guys know this. Yeah. So... He, he's he's really good. He's a good storyteller. He's the real deal. He's so the real deal. Get your pregame on by listening to him on Apple Music before you come. So there you, can you know go. I know. I, I feel like I, this welcome concert is like a flashback to Nashville for me. <laughs> Not going to complain. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today on the Minnesota Vikings podcast as we get you primed and ready for the Vikings game in Arizona against the Cardinals on Sunday, 3.30 kickoff. Don't forget about Post Game Live after the show and stick to Vikings.com and the app for all the information you need to get you ready for the big game on Sunday. For Gabe Henderson, Chris Corso, and Jay Nelson, I'm Tatum Everett, Skull Vikings. Woo! Woo!